1: There's joy in every journey.
3: Man, this is a song that people went berserk to in 2009 and 10 in the Superdome. Back here on Sports Talk, and the guy that was in that dome when it was rocking and rolling, former Saints wide receiver and Super Bowl champion Lance Moore. Lance, how are you?
4: Doing well, fellas. Looking forward to uh, preseason getting over so we (laughs) can get on on to the real football.
3: Amen. We brought you in to stand up and get crunk, in case you didn't hear it.
4: Uh, you know, I love it every single time I hear it. Even if it's on the telephone, I get goosebumps.
3: <laughs> Lance, uh, I want to—I don't know how much you've gotten to see of Chris Olave, but uh, what are your impressions of the rookie?
4: You know what? I haven't been to any practices, uh, so the things that I've seen are, are kind of limited. Um, but what I have seen through social media and the reports from different journalists and/or self-proclaimed journalist there in New Orleans is that he is having a hell of a camp. I've watched a bunch of reps on my own. Um, I've actually had conversations with him a little bit through social media, just talking to him about what's going on and some things that I've seen. Uh, But I mean, look, you you don't draft a guy in the first round if he's not going to play, usually, right? Um, We had a big-time need at the position, a playmaker to come in and to play right away, a guy that could stretch the field, a guy that could do a lot of things. I mean, he's not just a burner that's gonna catch deep balls from Jameis. I think he's gonna do a lot of different things in the offense and I think he's kind of showing and proving day in and day out that he's pro ready. Not that there's there hasn't been mistakes or, or things that would come from rookies, um, but but I expect him to kind of continue this this uh upward trajectory that he's on and and, and be a really integral part of this offense. Now Lance did you ever
0: Think I know I, I never did I don't care if Sean Paynes calling the plays Pete Carmichael's calling the plays, that our offense would be dead last. Now there's 32 teams we were 32 in passing the football 100 in this day and age 187 and a half yards a game, and the reason why I bring that up now I know about uh, Michael Thomas, but have you ever witnessed anything like this that all of a sudden like Marquez Callaway Deontay Hardy Traquan Smith, they went from the one, two, three receiver in one year, now they're four, five, and six. I don't know about it. Because now you've got Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, and Chris Olave. I, I don't think I've, I've ever witnessed it. That's why sometimes I want to give Jameis a pass, even though we utilize four quarterbacks. That got something to do with it. But all of a sudden, our top three receivers are now four, five, and six.
4: Well, yeah. I mean, I've been talking about it all 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 off season. Obviously, it was a, a huge need for this team, um, and and obviously getting Mike Key back is is huge, uh, you know, for us. But but to to land Jarvis and and to go and grab Chris Olave in the draft, I mean, that's huge. And and look, our offense was was a struggle the entire season last year. Once Jameis went down, and we'd be fools if we sat here and said that we're going to put any kind of of uh, uh, weight or anything on the number that ended up being the 32nd ranked passing offense at the end of the season last year. I mean, we were playing with backups. We we're playing with third string. We we're playing with fourth string quarterbacks throughout last season. So it's, it's really an anomaly in that it's, it's not typical of a Sean Payton um, coach team or a Sean Payton offensive team, but to have a new season, new guys, and a a guy that's been, you know, banged up, finally back healthy with a healthy quarterback that, that you know, obviously is is ready to kind of build upon what he started to do last year. I really think that this offense is going to be really, really good. Now, obviously we don't know what's going to happen with with, uh, Alvin, um, but I still think Mark Ingram's got gas left in the tank. I think Tony Jones has showed spurts over the last couple of years that he can handle some of those carries as well. Um, I mean, I, I think this is going to be an air it out, flying around offense.
0: Now, uh, Lansky, I trust you more than uh, anybody that look, we all on the radio talking Did about. Did you just call him Lansky? No, I said Lansky.
3: k okay. Uh, I thought yeah. I, I you broke out of Lansky no, there. <laughs> no,
0: no, no, no. That you, okay, uh, out of all of us, and we talking about this, you have been in the meeting rooms. You've been in the huddle uh, with a Sean Payton offense and now Pete Carmichael. Tell the fans that with Sean Payton, Pete Carmichael, Pete Carmichael, Sean Payton, that isn't it basically the same thing, the reason why I say this. Do you know in 16 games, I figured it out, that how many times, now one was bound gate, and we were unbelievable on offense when Sean Payton was not around, but all of that 16 seasons, do you know the number is like three and a half seasons, that Coach Payton gave the liberty to Pete Carmichael to call plays. So that's three and a half seasons. So don't you think that right now we might tweak something now and then, but whether it's a clone of one another. Now, Pete Carmichael don't have the personality, obviously, of Sean Payton, but right. what is your take on that? Because you're in the huddle. even You can have different uh, quarterbacks, how they spit out the plays and how they read it, whatever, in the meeting rooms. Explain that to the fans because you've experienced it.
4: Well, I mean, I think you hit the needle on the head. I mean, it's the, the biggest difference, obviously, is personality. Pete is a, a lot more reserved. He's not going to be super animated. Even on game day, he's not one of those guys that's going to be rah-rah. But he is an X's and O's fanatic, just like Sean. He's a guy that is going to want to throw the football. And I would even say something that is even a little bit different, I would say he's a little more aggressive. He really, really wants to push the ball down the field. Now, I know – with, you know, kind of in years past with Sean calling the plays when Drew was the quarterback, he didn't necessarily have the ability to push it down the field the way that we did 10, 12, 15 years ago. Um, But I I definitely think that this offense, people who are worried about the offense without Sean, um, I think they could, you know, be at ease a little bit or kind of rest assured that Pete Carmichael knows what he's doing. Um, He's going to put in the time. Obviously, he's going to study and he's going to be just as fanatical as Sean was about getting the right plays called at the right time and obviously getting the ball in the hands of the playmakers. I mean, I think it's going to be something that we see a whole lot of, and it's hard to tell right now, obviously, with a lot of the guys not playing in the preseason, and it, I guess that could give people reason for concern uh, based on, you know, they're right. not looking great in the first two preseason games. But again, this is a different day and age, and these preseason games are becoming less and less important um, the more that time goes on because coaches and, and front office executives, general managers, and the likes are, are thinking about the health of their football team going into week one more so than they are, ah, uh, we need to get these guys reps going into week one.
3: Lance, uh, you guys were so good in the two-minute with Drew. And a lot of that had to do with, I think, Drew knowing this offense so well. But also, he called the plays. Uh, he, he, he decided the plays. I don't know if Jameis is going to have that. Kind of a, a um, that liberty that authorization, yeah, that liberty, and I think that's one area where I might be concerned, only because you know the, the rhythm of the two minute drill.
4: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think that comes with time. I mean, it's, it's it's really unfair to compare what Drew was doing for a long time in this offense to what Jameis has done. I mean, how many how many games has Jameis started since he's been here? With six games, seven games. Yeah. So it's it's you, you can't necessarily say, well, Jameis might not be as good as Drew. Nobody's really expecting him to be as good as Drew. But I know one thing. I know he'll be studying, and I know the coaches will will give him a certain package of plays. I can't tell you today that he's going to be the one that's calling all the plays in the two-minute drill. But guess what? Pete's right there in his ear. So it's not like he's going to be out there on his own and he doesn't know what's going on. So Pete's going to know the plays that Jameis likes. Obviously, they're both going to be on the same page as far as what things that they see, that they think can work against that defenses and it's, it's like I said, it's a reps thing. So they'll get more of those situations uh, with you know the couple days left in camp, and then obviously leading into the first week of the season. I'm sure they'll be on point with that. And, and obviously, the more that they get to do it, I think the better that they'll be.
3: Lance, you were, you were uh, on teams with some pretty good defenses during your time, but on paper, have you seen a, a defense as good as good looking as this one in terms of just the depth and how much quality players they have?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, this, is, this defense is like – I mean, obviously this defense has kind of carried the load the last couple of years, um, but just to see the depth finally um, – and, I mean, I, I look at it like, I mean, all three levels, there's, there's big-time players on all three levels. Um, and then I look at this secondary. I mean, this could be – I feel like our Super Bowl secondary was probably one of the best that I've played, played with or against in a long time, but this one looks like it could be even better. Um, and i 'm really, really excited and and as a receiver, it, it makes me even more excited because I know that that great secondary is fine tuning our receivers every single damn practice, and obviously, as the numbers get dwindled down to the active roster um, it 'll become more and more apparent that those you know good on good guys are not going to be doing anything but getting each other better so uh man, this defense is like I'm, I'm excited to see this defense, coupled with a healthy offense, what, what kind of damage we can do.
2: Lance, one of the things that sort of got overlooked because this team didn't make the playoffs last year, they had all those injuries, was the fact that they gave up the least amount of points in the NFC last year, 335, and they gave up only 3.7 yards a rush. So if you're an offensive player, that means I'm going to get some more opportunities to score points, and now I've got some playmakers now, with Mike T back, with Jarvis being brought in, Chris Olave, Taysom Hill at a new position, and certainly Kamara, uh, because he is who he is. I, I think that that defense it-, it sort of didn't get the ink, maybe locally it did, but nationally it didn't because this team didn't make the playoffs. But it's going to really help the offense now. This year, I think you've got more talent, certainly in the secondary, and your defensive line's really good. But man, if you can duplicate that, you're going to give your offense a lot of opportunities to put points on the board, and you got Will Lutz back in the lineup.
4: Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything that you said, and I'll even take it one step further. It's not—it's not just that this offense is going to get more opportunities. It's that this offense isn't going to have the pressure. Of needing to score 25, 30, 35 points a game, as in some of the seasons past, when like I can remember, like our our receiver coach CJ would come in and he'd say, "Hey guys, we got to score 40," and we would just be like, "Okay," and like we didn't think it was that big of a deal. We just like, "Okay, we have the guys to do it, so we'll go score 40." But now. With this complete football team, both offense, defense, and special teams, like you mentioned, Will Lutz, I mean, being able to have him back is a huge, huge weapon. I, I would say a pretty underrated weapon. But but the fact that these guys are going to get extra opportunities and not necessarily have to score thirty a game. I mean, that's 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 huge. And and I think that it's it's going to bode well for this team.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, Lance like Mike was saying. Well, we gave up three point seven yards a run. Number one. And, and uh, you look, we, we took the football away. I like us to, instead of being plus seven, uh, which was eight best. Uh, uh, if we could be like any, anything plus double digit in that turnover margin, uh, but yeah. the one thing we had going in our favor, uh, like I mentioned, uh, you know, scoring defense, but also red zone defense. We were number one red zone defense. If you do that, I mean, shame on your offense. Like you giving up 19 and a half, 20 points a game. Well, hell yeah, you should win. And I don't care if it's 24 to 20, and like I try and tell fans, I know you want to be entertained, but a win is a win. If you win 17 to 13, and then let's say you go to a game and boy, it was going back and forth. Oh, we lost 38-34. Uh, well, we lost. I mean, uh, to yeah. me, the bottom line is, you, Lance, you know what game I love? And, and this is really old school. A lot of fans are like what Sunday night. This might be the most unique game in the history uh, of the 21st century. When we won Sunday night primetime against Tom Brady on nine to nothing, nine zero. You remember that game when Dennis Allen was the head of- I'm like, what? Who, who? Nobody would have guessed we won nine zero against Tampa Bay Sunday night in Tampa.
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, all that matters is just like you said is is getting the win. I mean, it, it, it sure to to somebody who is mostly impartial and just wants that entertainment, the big plays and uh you know scoring a right. lot of points. It, it could be boring or it could be disappointing, but to a true who that or a player on that team, right. you just want to win because that's really all that matters at the end of the day. A 9-nothing win is exactly the same in the win column as a 40-nothing win. Yep. So or a 40 to 38 win. I mean it's, it's it's exactly the same. So you do whatever it takes in any given week to win that football game and then you digest it and move on to the next one. I mean that's really as a from a player's perspective, sure you'd love to have the great offensive performance or defensive performance and and everybody plays well and you win 50 to nothing, but the reality of it is in the national football league, there aren't any 50 to nothing games. It just doesn't happen. The teams are too competitive and there's players on both sides that want to win these games and they're trying their best to win those games. So Yeah, I mean, all all that matters is getting that
2: win. Lance, the crazy thing about the defense in that that least amount of points in the NFC, David Onyemata gets suspended for the first six games. Peyton Turner plays five games. Marcus Davenport misses a quarter of the season, and you play with a rookie corner. And you still give up the least amount of points in the NFC. That's the most impressive thing about that stat of 335 in 17 games. Your best defensive tackle, your first-round pick, and arguably one of your best players, if not the best player, talent-wise, misses a quarter of the season. Uh, you know, that, to me, really jumps out. Had that been done in New York or Los Angeles, that's all they'd be talking about.
4: Potentially, yeah. But but you know what that, that does that puts pressure on them this year, right? I mean, they've got they've got more guys, they've got healthier guys, and now it's like, okay, we did this last year, now we have to repeat that performance, or we have to improve that performance. I I see no reason at all why this couldn't be the number one defense in the in the entire National Football League. Why not? I mean, you know, they, yep. they, they're that they are that good. They have that type of ability. Um, you know, I, I think I would. If there was one specific category, what, I, I mean, obviously scoring defense. I mean, if, if, they, can, if they can do that again, um, and then close second, obviously I think is the turnovers. They, like Bobby said, if you can get in the double digits, man, you're cooking, you're cooking with gas, and you're usually going to be one of the teams that's in the tournament at the end of the season. I definitely think we've got the, the guys specifically on the back end that have the big-time ball skills and the, and the playmaking ability back there. So, sure, why not?
3: Lance Moore, Super Bowl champion Saints wide receiver. Thanks for the time, man. Good stuff as always. Thank you, Lance. Thanks,
4: guys. All right, weeks. Lance.
3: Sounds good. Hollywood, Greg, Andy, Russell. Sit tight. You guys will lead off when we come back here on Sports Talk on WWL.
1: Okay. Picture this: It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.